Social Strategy Podcast, Episode 71. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey everyone, this is Vernon Ross and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. Today, I've got Perry Drake with us. And Perry is the professor of digital and social media marketing at the University of Missouri, St. Louis. You guys have heard me talk about this before. This is the digital conference. It's the biggest digital conference in the Midwest. And Perry is responsible for putting that on the map. I mean, he's been responsible for creating this program He's been responsible also for some of the first courses in digital dealing with web analytics, social media analytics, SaaS data mining. Uh, he's got all kinds of certificates and certifications at the university level. In addition to that, he's the first professor, I think, to use Adobe Sitecast in the classroom. He's done all kinds of innovations in social media marketing. He's a prof- uh, former professor from NYU, and we're just lucky to have him in St. Louis on top of all of that, he runs marathons and is like an exercise fanatic. So we're going to get into all of that stuff. Perry, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Ron. I, I appreciate being invited. <laughs> no, no problem, man. So how did how did you get started in digital from um, from NYU? Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was originally an executive at the Reader's Digest Association. I left there in '97. Um, and NYU had just started a master's degree in integrated marketing, which was really cutting edge. Now, back then, integrated was bringing direct mail and telemarketing into the mix, right. which are both dead now for the most part. Uh, but that was kind of integrated, which was still cutting edge. No other curriculums really were incorporating that into the traditional marketing, mass marketing mix sort of uh, programming. Um, and that's really what got me kind of pulled into it in 97. And then, you know, oh, being yeah, in New York, obviously. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sorry. 97. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, being in New York was right in the heart of it. Um, and, you know, um, we started a certification program in digital and social media marketing in 2003. And I think you alluded to it at the start. I was probably one of the first professors to ever create a web analytics class back right. in 2005, where Google Analytics wasn't even around then. I was using uh, ClickTracks, which was a Canadian company, which a lot of people have heard of them. They were kind of yeah. big back then. You know, you'd pour the log files in and get your really crude dashboards. I think it was all <laughs> with like five metrics or, or whatever that it would give you. Right. Um, and just, you know, and, and it's just, I just made lots of awesome connections in the 28 years I was in New York. And, you know, a lot of my students now, or executives at Pinterest or Twitter and Facebook and just, it, it's just, it's, it's made it really nice kind of coming here and being able to bring those resources to St. Louis. Right now, when you, when you start talking about digital and social media, I think there's some confusion, especially when you, when you go from what big companies do to what small businesses do. And there's a lot of stuff on the market where people are talking about, well, yeah, I know I need social media for my business, but I don't think they understand exactly what that means. From a university perspective, when you talk to students, how do you position that for them as far as what their focus should be? Yeah, well, it, it's, it's a couple things I have to do with the students, especially if it's undergrads. I have to mm-hmm. kind of go into a discussion of kind of personal branding and personal use of it mm-hmm. to kind of 
grow their own network and their own connections and, and abilities to do things. So that's kind of one thing I have to do. I don't really have to do that that much with the MBA students because most of our MBA students are working professionals already because right. it's an evening program. But that, that's kind of one of the first things we kind of get into is just kind of talking about using it, the power of it, what it can do, how it can connect you up with people, how you mm-hmm. can you know, what it means to be an advocate for a brand and maybe what you get in return for that. So like one of the first things I do to my undergrad students is I have them, if they don't have a Twitter, they have to set up a Twitter. And most do now, I would say 95% of them do, um, but not a lot of them know how to use it. So one of their mm-hmm. first sort of uh, challenges that, that they have to do is pick a brand, any brand, doesn't matter, Coke, uh, Taco Bell, they could be a Taco Bell, you know, having a taco, whatever, and they're enjoying it. I want them to tweet to the brand and try their goal is to get the brand to tweet back to them, right. respond back to them. Yeah. And this year was kind of interesting this semester because I would say six of the students out of my class of about 45, which a lot of times brands don't tweet back coupons. They were all excited because they were getting coupons and free oh, offers. That's cool, right? And, you know, it kind of made them kind of excited. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of understand the benefit of that. So, you know, that, that's kind of the one, you know, the, the one thing I have to be basically ground them with kind of to start, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Totally. So, you know, with this Midwest Digital Marketing Conference, the UMSL Digital Conference, um, this has been amazing. This started, um, the conference started with three years ago, right? Yeah, this is our fourth, our fourth year. Yeah, yeah. So this but, is the fourth uh, year. Yeah, April of 2013. Yeah, right. The it. first year, how many people did you have in attendance? I had 425 in attendance the first year. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing in, in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, there was no advertising. And I had only been to, in St. Louis since the 15th of January. Right. So, um, so, again, just working, working the power of social media, which you get, you right. know, yeah. those connections and plugging into people like you. And, and, you know, ma- making new friends that right. way. So, yeah. Where'd the concept come from? Um, well, I think it's, it's um, I don't know if I told you the story before or not. You know, I was contacting some of my old students and connections from uh, New York and saying, hey, would you kind of come in on a Google Hangout and guest speak to some of my students? And a couple of them um, said, well, you know what? I'd be happy to fly in and talk to your students in person. And I thought, oh, well, crap, if you're going to do that, I'll put you in front of more than 30 students. I'll <laughs> several hundred and let's maybe think about a conference. So that's right. kind of where it, it, it kind of developed from. And, and as, as you recall, it was just a half-day event. But I still yeah. had about seven or eight people I pulled up there. I had, I had Nickelodeon. I had Google. I had Nielsen. I had IBM. And again, it was kind of rapid fire, kind of mm-hmm. TED style, but not. Ted facilitated yeah. sort of uh, talks. Um, yeah, but it, it, it was a blast. But I, I did that whole thing myself, which was crazy. Right. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. I mean, it's and it's it's crazy, of course, every year, and it's even crazier this year. And this year, as you mentioned, the first one wasn't Ted facilitated, but this one actually is. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm like really excited. Steve Summers, the TEDx Gateway Arch, has agreed to help facilitate the three keynotes, mm-hmm. and so I've got um, a really good team. Um, uh, helping kind of do that. And we'll have a morning keynote, afternoon and evening keynote. And hopefully they will be all threaded nicely and kind of handing it off from one to the next to kind of carry that story through. So, right. yeah. Right. Now, I mean, you've got Google and BuzzFeed and Under Armour and Adobe and Yahoo yeah. and Salesforce. I mean, there's so many big companies 
coming to this conference, what do you think this is going to do for like St. Louis and the brand of St. Louis, especially the downtown area? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, my goal is, is I think as, as many of us and, and you probably included, I mean, it, it, I just really want to try to put the spotlight on St. Louis and help it glow as, as much as it possibly should. And I think we're all trying hard with the whole startup community and, mm-hmm. and the innovation space and the maker space. Um, and I think this is just one more thing we can do. And I'm really hoping that this year we will trend nationally on Twitter. I think that would right. be, should be all of our goal. And I think we want to make that clear to everybody as they come through the doors. You know, we've trended, uh, <laughs> trended locally every right. conference, but I think we should, we should definitely make sure we do it nationally. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So I've heard a lot of comparisons when I'm talking to people about South by Southwest that, mm. oh, well, this is sort of like South by Southwest. Well, I mean, we're not a music festival for right. to, to start, but I, I'm, I know for a fact, this is the biggest conference locally and in the Midwest period. What do you think about, and I know you, you may have gotten this question already about making this a multi-day conference that is not just digital but covers a few other things in new in the whole new media space yeah no i mean i i would love that i do kind of have a vision of that where maybe there is a little more of the tech that kind of folded in maybe even kind of on the education side as well mm-hmm. just like have it south by southwest um i i think that would be great to have in a multi-day sort of venue um and that is kind of where my my focus is down the road of, of trying to get this to to be that right. um, next year we are going to two days because we just yeah. we can't try to do it all in one day again this is going to be so jam-packed and just so you know Vern, i mean we do have there will be a live band on stage in the morning nice um and a Red Bull will be outside with the DJ, um, <laughs> which is awesome. Day as well, so yeah. So we're we're, we're even bringing in the music a little bit, now. right? Yeah. So <laughs> hey, a little bit of South by Southwest flavor, yeah, right? Right. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, I was going to ask when um, when you were thinking about this whole conference and and bringing it to St. Louis and doing this whole concept, how does how does a business justify going to a conference like this what what are they going to walk away with because i've gotten that question from a few people it's like well i want to go to the conference and a couple of them are too late because now it's sold out you know 1200 plus people so (laughs) uh, we're setting actually we are setting i just did because i printed all the name badges yeah and right now we are setting at 1332 oh my god that is awesome so yeah, I'm a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. I can't. I cannot wait to see what but happens. Indeed, I'm going to need that volunteer support from the board, oh, yeah. like you and right and the rest. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll definitely be there all day from probably 5:30 a.m. until <laughs> you know I pass I think, out. I think to your point though, Fern, I try to make sure, which I think is critical that I've got topics that are going to focus on the small business owner, mm-hmm. the B2B, um, that I kind of, and, and I'll be, and I'll, and you guys will have to help me. So, so I don't forget this next year. I need to also have a couple of sessions focusing on nonprofit, which I don't think I did this year. I think it right. slipped my mind. Um, not intentional. It's just a lot of stuff to, to try to remember, but I do try to deal with, with that, those sort of issues as well as kind of the bigger issues like campaign attribution, which, you know, yeah. your small yeah. shop owner doesn't even, you know, can't even address that. Uh, so, <laughs> right. so I, I try to cover the, the gamut and I, you know, I, 
emailed with some gal from uh, a nonprofit saying, hey, I'm from a nonprofit. I don't see any nonprofit mm-hmm. kind of sessions there. Will I still benefit? I said, absolutely, you'll still benefit. There's going to be deep discussion on, you know, strategic ways to use Facebook and, and Twitter and, and which, which will apply whether you're in a not-for-profit or for-profit sort of environment. Right. Right. So now when you're talking about students and I know you have a, um, you have a digital agency that you run at the uh, Cortex Center. A lot right. of people know it as CIC, Cambridge Innovation Institute, that whole complex of buildings down there in the city. How do you find people or companies that you're going to work with? Um, right now, a lot of it's really just kind of word of mouth, or if, if I connect up with somebody, you know, I'm always doing networking, so I'll meet new nonprofits all the time or social entrepreneurs, and then, you know, if I assess that they kind of could use some help and I've got the bandwidth, you know, I'll tell them to kind of apply uh, in our agency, um, which, again, we're kind of rebranding that as well this semester a little bit. It's oh, gonna really? Be- yeah, it's going to be called the lab, mm-hmm. um, and and for for those that aren't aware, Vern, Vern's fully aware. We only assist St. Louis nonprofits and St. Louis startups. Those are the only clientele right. that we take on. Although this semester we did make one exception, Vern. We I also felt like I wanted to start taking on businesses in Ferguson that were hit mm-hmm. uh, and, and hurt by all of the um, issues that occurred last August. So this semester we picked up one business, which is Nine One One Hair Salon. And again, just kind of assisting her with her. She was okay on Instagram, really didn't get or know how to use Facebook, which is kind of critical for her. So we're working with getting her kind of set up on Facebook and getting that whole side of it started. That's interesting. So what what does that look like from the, uh, I guess, the university standpoint? Um, I, what, what do you mean? I'm not sure. What you so, I, you know, I think a lot of people, they see the university there. They know that all these programs are going on. And I, I'm sure that there are people that feel like, well, maybe the community's not included in everything that goes on. How is that communicated throughout the community that you guys are doing this? Because, I mean, that's a wonderful program to have. And I'm sure the businesses don't have to really pay anything for that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, there is there is no payment now. My my goal might be down the road to impress one of them so much that we've assisted a couple semesters and say, hey, we're glad to continue for a small donation of a few hundred dollars. Right. Um, But not not there yet. But um, yeah, so so what I'm starting to do with the rebranding, we're building a website. So Evan Miguel, the one student that helped me rebrand the conference is Mm -hmm. a website as well for the agency. And trying to, again, get it polished up a little bit so that, to your point, we can get word out a little bit more and kind of tell the story of what we do. Because I think it's a great thing that we do. And the students enjoy, you know, helping those social entrepreneurs, especially in the nonprofits. It's rewarding. And it's really just a a win-win. So we will showcase a, a new commercial at the conference as well. It'd be about a 60 second commercial just kind of showcasing and telling the audience about the lab kind mm-hmm. of. But yeah. Right. Now, when you dig into um, into the whole conference and you're talking to people and you're telling them about the reasons that they want to come and the things that they should be getting out of the conference, uh, I've, I've gotten a few emails from students. Uh, what my daughter was actually one of them. And this was just a, a conversation. She goes, well, I'm I'm going into my senior year. I'm interested in digital media, but I have no idea what I should be looking at in the field. How do you. How do you answer that question? Because I, if there's students asking that question, I know that there are businesses that are still also confused about 
right. what they should be focusing on. What should be the focus in 2016, 2017 for students that are maybe coming out, things that are interesting to get into that are actually, you know, that they could actually find work in and in that same vein, businesses also focus on where they should be. Right. Well, I, I think with students or maybe your daughter and, you know, one of the things they could always do to try to understand the space, because it is, I mean, it's a complicated space anymore, yeah. right? I mean, it's just so, so many components and levers, you know, you got the tech side mm-hmm. and, you know, which is constantly changing. You got the mobile, the, right. uh, and it's just, it's overly complicated. Um, and, you know, maybe one of the great places to, they could start is to volunteer at a nonprofit who could mm-hmm. always use a little bit of help, even if it's doing simple posts or tweets or, uh, putting stuff out there on their LinkedIn page, just so they kind of start understanding that whole landscape and kind of how it works and how you can garner PR and, you know, the advocacy and, and influencer marketing, the whole thing. Um, so that's, that's one way to do it. I mean, obviously the kids aren't getting this in high school. I'm assuming not right. a lot of colleges, right. not a lot of colleges even have it at the college level, we're kind of unique at UMSL that we've got actually 12 credit hours for MBA students. Yeah, very much so. Hours for undergrads just in these focused topics. So, you know, that, that's one way, you know, just to dabble in it and, mm-hmm. and see what's, what it is and, and what it's all about. Cause it is, it is complex. Right. No, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the books that you've published or the book that you published, uh, it's, it's part of university curriculum. Tell me a little bit about that. Cause I was curious. I saw it a couple times, but, uh, <laughs> I want to know a little bit more about yeah, it. It's, well, it's a little more of a traditional database. I, I published yeah. it in 2001, which right. I was thrilled to be a published author by a legitimate publishing house, Sage Publications, which was mm-hmm. great. And again, you know, what lent gave me all the credibility was the Reader's Digest. The Reader's Digest, again, I, I know for the millennial generation, they don't really under, understand the, the Reader's Digest, but they were kind of the premier database marketer. I mean, yeah. they knew how to build a database. They knew how to retain, upsell, cross-sell. I mean, it was it was a phenomenal marketing machine. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the book is still around. I still get a royalty check every year, not That's as nice. big as what it was back in 2001, <laughs> and 2002, and 2003, but I still do get a small royalty check every now and then. And uh-huh. um, yeah, it was it was quite a um, it was quite an undertaking. It was a two year endeavor, which you know definitely you know took over my life for for two years. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the reason that I asked, because you're you're a big you're a big data guy. You like right. to use big data to, you know, quantify things, gra- grab data points for research for social media. And that's so important. And your background in Reader's Digest being that it was database driven marketing. What that's really called today is inbound. I mean, that's yeah. what that's what people are doing. They're all oh, we, we use inbound. It's really just database marketing. Right. 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 Yeah. So. Yeah. How do you tell people or how would you recommend that people focus on their inbound marketing? Because I, I think so, there's so much focus in social media and so much of it can be push marketing still, even sure. though, you know, you talk about content creation and, and bringing in people and nurturing those people to come in. Yeah. How do you recommend that somebody get into working on their inbound or their database marketing? Yeah, again, it's it's one of those things where just thinking from it academically, there's not a lot of curriculums that, that are even kind of covering that either. I mean, yeah. our, our integrated marketing master's degree program at NYU, obviously one of the classes was database management and modeling, which, which I taught. So it mm-hmm. was 
helping the students kind of understand those skills, which I kind of consider, and I think you get it, Vern, kind of the foundation, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, that's kind of what sets me apart a little from those that are a little bit younger is I've got that really strong foundation of understanding the database or the inbound components and, and mm. data and, and targeting and, and testing, uh, sort of, which, which is, I, I think a lot of the younger students kind of miss that a little bit. Mm. Uh, we've had discussions here at the university. We really don't have anything focusing on database itself. It's come up in several meetings, mm-hmm. but you know, also the other problem in academic academia is it takes just because you think of a class doesn't mean you can get it to happen next semester. It right. takes a while to get it through Senate, especially if you're at a public university and it's got to go through votes, mm-hmm. uh, and all of those sort of things. So it could take a year yeah. to kind of even get a class put, put in place. So, Yeah. Right. Do you think that's why so many businesses have problems justifying uh, using social media and the ROI that comes from social media because they don't understand the integrated database portion of it? Yeah, I, th- I think that's part of it. And they just don't understand that, you know, I mean, some of it is trackable and, and, yeah. and can be understood. They, they don't understand how simple that, that might be um, just through doing unique tags or URLs or, you know, in the whole Google Analytics component. I mean, my mm-hmm. wife, who teaches um, a web analytics class here at the university, you know, the whole purpose of that class now is to get the students Google Analytics certified. Uh, and so on the very last day, they all jump in and they, they register and they spend an hour and a half and take the Google Analytics test, which is really cool. Um, but, you know, some of them had said to me before, you know, they kind of came into the class thinking they already knew Google Analytics. <laughs> and they thought, wow, man, I, I, wow, I really didn't know it. I mean, I learned a lot of unique sort of things that I didn't even realize in terms of right. you know, getting to the tracking, setting up your filters and, and, you know, things along those lines to really glean as much insight out of the data as possible. Right. So. No, that's That's very cool. So, just to switch it up real quick before we sure. go, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how did you get so into exercise and fitness? And I want to know how that plays a role into what you do on a daily basis. Oh, God, it was just it was a life. So it, it was actually it all occurred when I was I, I hate to say it. I, I will be 55 this coming July. I shouldn't admit that. Yeah, you're looking good, man. But, but um, it all happened when I really hit 41. I used to be a runner in high school, so mm-hmm. cross country and track. Um Really all happened when I turned 41. My dad had his very first heart attack when he was 41, and then he had more after that, and he died at a relatively early age. And I just, when I hit 41, I thought, you know what, I'm just not going to go through this same thing as I know heart disease kind of ran in the family. And I just totally changed my lifestyle. It was almost just a pivoting moment and just got back into running, eating really healthy, and... um, the, the running community in New York City is like really vibrant. You've got the New York Roadrunners, which is a huge organization. So just so you know, I mean, running events, which they'll do like every other weekend, sometimes every weekend in, in Central Park, they will pull in close to five to 6,000 people just for an everyday race. A five oh my God. Um, you know, here in St. That's Louis, crazy. a little bit different. We will we'll maybe pull in five or 600 people. So I had to get used to the difference in the yeah. vast crowd. Oh, it yeah. was, uh, you know, a little more competitive in New York, you know, you're corralled up for all the events uh-huh. you know, by by your time. So, and you're not even allowed to get in the crowd. They've got people who are watching the entry points of every corral to make sure on your bib it says you are allowed in corral number one. Uh, but no, no, I mean that's just you know. And, 
what it does for me, Vern, first of all, it's, 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 uh, it allows me to kind of think, to clear my head. Um, you know, I've, I've got a lot of stuff going on as we all do, and it's kind of my therapy. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it helps me stay focused and, yeah. and, you know, thinking of the, 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 the end game plan, kind of like running that marathon. It's like yeah. you know, focusing on how am I going to get there and, you know, kind of chunking it up in steps, you know, when you get through that first six miles and then the last, of course, the last five, six miles are a killer mentally more than physically. <laughs> but, but I, I think, I think that plays into kind of how I think strategically kind mm-hmm. of, no, no, I, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because it's kind of something that I, I'm a firm believer in. So, well, yeah, it's very long game. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And there's there's so much of that missing in social media. And what I've I've seen is people that generally think about the long game, the success of the conference is one of those things I think you can attribute to being focused on the long game. And with that, I know one of the focuses of the conference is innovation. Can you tell us a little bit before we wrap it up? what you want people to know about some of the innovations that are going on with the conference? Um, I, I mean, I think the only thing I just want to say is, and, and, and you're fully aware, I mean, the focus this year is really on innovation and bringing innovation into the discussion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I feel lucky to have kind of co-branded with Arch Grants a little bit, and we're featuring their startups. And again, the whole purpose is I want our audience to kind of engage with these startups that are building out really cool apps and software of, you know, finding influencers uh, like Swizzle and, you know, and just kind of, you know, reciprocating and and kind of sharing ideas. Um, And yeah, yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to hear conversations that are going to be taking place under the roof there at Union Station. I think it's going to be pretty amazing. No, it it is. I actually just met the CEO of Swizzle um, at a Unidev event. Oh, Nick, Nick. Yeah, I just met yeah. Nick, and we were talking yeah. about what they're doing and aggregating right. comments and you know gauging sentiment using IBM Watson, which is, I mean, that's just amazing. They just they just won an Arch Grant, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. And what's nice. cool about Nick is he's an Upsol alum, so which is which nice. is nice. Not, yeah. not surprised there. <laughs> that makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, Perry, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been fun learning about you a little bit more and learning about the conference. And I'm excited to, to, you know, be a part of it. Uh, For everyone that wants to know, the conference is actually on April 21st, 2016. So definitely get ready for it. Um, it, If you're not registered, it's sold out. 1,300 plus people. So uh, there is a wait list. Sign up for the wait list. (laughs) That's about all you can do at this point. All right, cool, Perry. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, Vern. I had a lot of fun. Thanks. All right, cool. Hey, guys, I really did enjoy talking to Perry. It was so much fun. Not a lot of notes to go on for this one because I'm getting things ready for the conference. So (laughs) this one is going to be a short outro, but I did want to let you guys know, check out the live podcast that we're going to be doing. The link is in the show notes. So depending on the app that you're listening to this on, if you're using Overcast, you can find it there in the notes. You can also find it in the show notes out on the site, vernonross.com or socialstrategypodcast.com. There is a link right underneath the countdown to the conference where you can find the show being streamed live via Spreaker. If you do not have a Spreaker account, that's okay. You can still listen to the show. 
And by the way, if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast, you can start one for free out on Spreaker. Just check the site. It's right over in the sidebar. Just scroll down. There's one for Podbean, one for Spreaker. Definitely check it out. But I'm really excited. This is going to be the first time I'm actually going to broadcast live and not be on someone else's podcast, but actually be on a podcast that I've created specifically for the conference. So this is going to be cool. We're going to be podcasting on that, and it is probably going to be the permanent podcast for UMSL Digital. Still working on that one. But for the show, you can definitely find the link there. It's too long to give you guys. But basically, if you go out to Spreaker.com forward slash Midwest Digital Marketing Conference, you'll find it. And that's with dashes between each word. That's why I didn't want to give it to you. So anyway, if you go out to that you'll be able to find it there and with that i'm gonna go ahead get out of here wrap it up and i will see you guys in the next episode